0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Folks, let me remind you we're brought to you by Atlanta Sports Trips. Atlanta Sports Trips is Atlanta's first all-inclusive sports travel service with the goal of sending you to see your favorite teams, be it the Georgia Bulldogs, Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Jackets, Atlanta United on the road to see them play, but do it in style. Four and five-star resort accommodations, great game tickets, very cool meet and greets, tailgates, wonderful experiences all wrapped into one, and we have our next trip planned to see the Bravos in spring training. Yes, we'll be in Clearwater Beach because we wanted to combine a great beach vacation with a chance to watch spring training. We've done that with three days, March 10th, 11th, and 12th, at the Wyndham Grand Clearwater Beach, where you're going to have your toes in the sand, a beautiful four-star resort, and we're going to take you to see the Bravos and the Pirates in Bradenton on that Sunday, the 12th. You're going to get transfers from the hotel to the ballpark and back with a couple of very cool experiences along the way. If you would like to join us, you can go to atlsportstrips.com to book. Very limited room availability. It will sell out, and we want you aboard. Go to atlsportstrips.com for more today.
2: Yo yo, yo 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 yo
1: yo yo yo. Welcome to Atlanta. With- all right, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matt I would be Matt or Matt I didn't give myself the nickname. I earned the nickname. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Matt All right. Let me bring in uh, Josh Kendall. Covers the uh, Falcons for the Athletic. The beat writer. Good follow as well on social media to keep up with all things Falcons going on. He's kind enough to join us on the Hobson and Hobson. Newsmaker Line, Josh, we appreciate you joining us. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, a lot of ground to cover here and a lot on Jalen Carter, uh, Josh, that I wanted to pick your brain about. Uh, first of all, reading your blurb in The Athletic about Jalen, I was trying to interpret whether it was an opinion or whether it was reporting, and I want to make sure I, I get it right because the, the last part of what you wrote was Atlanta fans need to start getting their minds wrapped around the fact Jalen Carter is not coming to Flower Branch. Is that opinion or is that
0: reporting? If I if I had it to do over again, if I could edit it right here on the air, I would change facts to idea because what I want Atlanta fans to understand is that this might not happen. This is not a shoe in. If I knew for a fact, if I was quote unquote reporting that the Atlanta Falcons are not taking Jalen Carter, that would have been a story unto itself. So, what I what I wanted to do now let me say this, I don't think the Falcons are taking Jalen Carter. I don't think that because of things I can see with my own with my own eyes and and sort of things that feel obvious to me and things I've heard, but I you know I have not nailed down that fact enough to say I am reporting the Falcons aren't going to take Jalen Carter. I just don't want Falcons fans sitting there on Thursday night first round of the draft, and Jalen Carter is slipping and slipping and slipping, and it gets to eight. And everybody's like, hallelujah, here comes Jalen Carter. Because I think Jalen Carter is going to slip to eight, and I think he's going to slip right on by past the Falcons. And I just want Falcons fans to understand that that's a real, real, real strong possibility in my opinion.
1: Okay, so let's follow up on that. If we assume there's nothing else legally that comes from the the crash, and what we've heard, and we're only trying to piece some of this together, maybe you have more on – Character concerns from being late to some classes or practices or, or who knows, maybe more. What am I missing that seems so egregious that we haven't heard from other talented kids? And this might be the most talented kid in the draft. What am I missing?
0: Okay, so let me sort of deconstruct the question a little bit, if, if I can. I want to take the traffic accident out of it. It's a tragic situation. I hate it for everybody involved. It's a poor decision by a college kid. I say that as a college kid who made poor decisions. I mean, I hate it, but I don't think NFL teams are holding that against him. I also do not like using the word character. Character has become such a catch-all to be, you know, anything becomes a character concern. And some people say, well, he's got poor character and you're a bad human being. I don't want to suggest any of that. I'm saying that there are work ethic and being prepared on Sunday afternoon questions about Jalen Carter in NFL circles. Those questions existed before all this stuff popped up in Indianapolis. And those questions were significantly deepened, I think, at Georgia's Pro Day. So let's take the traffic accident out of it. Let's don't use the word character. Let's talk about the investment that these teams are making in players, particularly players who are taken in the top ten, and – If you have any concern about how available and prepared that player is going to be 17 Sundays a year, that's a tough investment to make.
1: I don't disagree. And Josh Kendall's with us, beat writer for the Falcons. I guess the counter would be, uh, I'll use Kirby's words, and then I'll use Todd McShay as, as an example. So Kirby talked about his generational talent and you saw that on the field in the highest level of college football not the NFL but we all assume the SEC is the next closest thing and on those Saturdays Georgia got the most out of him, whether that was Kirby uh, Will Muschamp Glenn Schumann his teammates then Todd McShay who was the first to bring up the word you and I just threw around which was character concerns but McShay came on a, a podcast this week and said let's be clear though like the guy might have practice questions or work ethic stuff But on those Saturdays, man, that guy worked harder than anybody. He came back from two injuries that he didn't have to, knowing his draft stock was already solidified. You don't think the Falcons or a bunch of NFL teams think in the right culture with the right coaches, we can get the best out of this talented guy?
0: I think that a lot of coaches think that. I also think a lot of coaches have drafted a lot of, have made a lot of poor draft decisions because they thought that very thing. And I think that. Some coaches are figuring, I mean, as an NFL coach, you really need to remove your ego from the evaluation process because a lot of teams have gotten in a lot of trouble by saying I can coach this guy better than everybody else who's coached him. I can get more out of him, whether it's technique, whether it's motivation, whatever it is, I'm the guy who can unlock this guy. I think a lot, I think more coaches have gotten themselves in trouble doing that than have made themselves money, you know, Kirby, you know, I I know nothing about what goes on in the side of the Georgia program. But I I do know that Kirby Smart is invested in his players getting drafted as high as they possibly can. But you just wait until the week after the draft and all the social media posters the Bulldogs put out saying, you know, five first-round picks, 14 in the top four, blah, 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 number one overall pick, Jalen Carter. Kirby Smart would love nothing more. Than that to happen, and he can push that down the downstream to every other recruit that he's got. So Kirby has a vested interest in selling Jalen Carter stock. So I'm not going to put a ton of weight on that. I would also argue that, and and again, I, I'm watching this out of the side of my eye, and I am not the expert here, but I would argue that they did not get 15 great Saturdays from Jalen Carter. They got some great plays some plays that make you understand why a lot of people think he is the best football player in this draft but i'm not sure they got 15 great Saturdays so from
1: so that's sub- start to finish. I would i would say that's subjective but there's no need to go down the rabbit hole on that but i would tell you josh watching that team for 3 years with that defense He's the best player on that defense. And and I know that's not what we're talking about, the talent of it. So let's go back to the Kirby part of it. Arthur Smith calls Kirby smart. And what you said, I would agree publicly. Kirby, it's a recruiting tool to say my kid got picked first or I had five first-round picks. But there's also a communication that Kirby wants to have with these coaches in the NFL that they don't want to lose trust in what he's saying because he's just blowing smoke. So Arthur Smith or any of the coaches call Kirby. Not the stuff he says publicly. And Hey, shoot me straight on Jalen. If Kirby says to them, yeah, it's a rocky road, but the kid's worth it, and the talent's there, and you could get it right. Would Arthur Smith listen to that word, and would that convince the Falcons any differently?
0: He might absolutely. I don't know. I don't know how much he is swayed by Kirby or any of those guys and what they tell him versus other bits of intel he grabs. And, and, you know, this is a difficult. I'm not saying that this is an easy thing or this is a shoe in. I mean, because I'm you know put yourselves in Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot's shoes on again that Thursday night. Jalen Carter is still on the board at number eight. And you're sitting there, again, this is just hypothetically because I want to paint this picture. You're sitting there thinking, this is the best football player in this draft. But I have some concerns. I'm entering, We're entering year three, a pivotal year three in kind of, maybe not make or break, but sort of make or break, and whether or not we're going to be here anymore. Do we pick this guy who can be dominant? at a premier position in the NFL and a position of need for us, or are we concerned that we're going to end up with egg on our face? It's not not an easy decision. It's just not.
1: Folks, let me remind you we're brought to you by Atlanta Sports Trips. Atlanta Sports Trips is Atlanta's first all-inclusive sports travel service with the goal of sending you to see your favorite teams, be it the Georgia Bulldogs, Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Jackets, Atlanta United on the road, to see them play, but do it in style. Four- and five-star resort accommodations, great game tickets, very cool meet-and-greets, tailgates, wonderful experiences, all wrapped into one, and we have our next trip planned to see the Bravos in spring training. Yes, we'll be in Clearwater Beach because we wanted to combine a great beach vacation with a chance to watch spring training. We've done that with three days, March 10th, 11th, and 12th, at the Wyndham Grand Clearwater Beach, where you're going to have your toes in the sand, a beautiful four-star resort, and we're going to take you to see the Bravos and the Pirates in Bradenton on that Sunday, the 12th. You're going to get transfers from the hotel to the ballpark and back with a couple of very cool experiences along the way. If you would like to join us, you can go to atlsportstrips.com to book. Very limited room availability. It will sell out, and we want you aboard. Go to trips com for more today
2: home field advantage exists in baseball insurance too your local trusted choice independent insurance agents are active members of your community they'll always have your back find a local auto home or business insurance agent at trustedchoice.com
1: Folks, you just heard from Smoltzy, and you heard it from me as well. Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are my trusted choice for insurance agents. They've been my agent for a long time, and they serve all of Metro Atlanta. To get up to 10 auto insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes, visit rhodes com slash churnoff today. That's Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff. Josh Kendall's with us, Falcons beat writer from The Athletic. He's on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line, and I agree. This is... Like, I think you framed it correctly. They might not be battling for a job in year three, but if year three doesn't go well, all of a sudden year four is a very tenuous situation. And I'm going to compare apples to oranges, and it's not fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because you said it's more about the work ethic, right? And It's more about some of the things, the red flags on Jalen. So it's probably, again, not fair of me to do this, but I'm just confused about some of the decision-making when it comes to the type of players the Falcons remove and have on their board, right? They were all gung-ho, as much as they'll deny it, on Deshaun Watson, and that was going to be a done deal if the Browns didn't come in with the Godfather offer. What is their decision-making year-to-year on the type of players that they will cross off or they will say we want being a part of our franchise?
0: Well, I think that um, I can't give you the answer because I can't get inside their head. I think a lot of people have drawn the parallels, have said, why yes Deshaun Watson, why no Lamar Jackson? My opinion, the Lamar Jackson decision is strictly a business decision. The NFL and its owners are just not willing – 31 of the NFL owners, I should say, are not willing to play ball on guaranteed, fully guaranteed contracts. And if you're talking about a fully guaranteed contract, they don't even want to get in the room with you for fear that they somehow shed some legitimacy on the idea that they might ever in the future give a fully guaranteed contract. So I think, for, for me, that's the separator between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, in general, um, you know, I think that the Falcons are looking for a certain type of work ethic. I mean, you look at the guys that they've paid, the, the really paid, Jake Matthews, Grady Jarrett, and Chris Lindstrom. Now, defensive tackle and left tackle are premier positions in the league. Right guard is not. They just made Chris Lindstrom the highest-paid guard in the NFL. A lot of the, the nerds and the analytics people, And the numbers people will say, you are silly to pay premium money for guard. The Falcons have said, this is a guy who does it seven days a week, the way we ask him to do it, with no wavering in that. And we're going to reward him in that. So you may not think it's a premium position. You may not think we're getting that much value on a Sunday afternoon. But we think we're getting that type of value Monday morning until Sunday night. So those are the types of players that they want to be bringing in, that they want to be rewarding. Caden Ellis, you know, that's not a guy whose name we heard a lot two weeks ago. Anybody, nobody was talking about Caden Ellis two weeks ago. This guy's had about half a season of standout NFL play in four years. You know, for, for me, that's the guy that I'm circling to say, if, you know are they targeting the right guys
1: and it's a fair comp, uh, conversation so let's finish up with this Josh because I I don't know I'm not I'm not there as much as I used to be I'm removed from it but the Deshaun thing a year ago felt like Arthur Blank had his fingertips involved in it let's jump the line let's go get this I don't know that Arthur would care enough about the 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 public relations pushback but there is also the angle if we take it back to Jalen of if they don't take him He ends up 9 to the Bears or 10 to the Eagles or wherever he goes, and he turns into the star that the talent is, and you passed on the Georgia guy who was the star, and you had the need and, like, the 15 things that could have fit. Boy, it's tough coming back from that one again.
0: It is. It goes back to what I'm saying. It's a difficult situation, and it's hard when you're running these organizations. It's got to be hard not to hear all those voices and hear all those very same things in your ear as you're making a decision. But I—I I mean, I've seen Arthur Smith stand at a podium half dozen or more times and talk about the need to remove all of that from your decision making, mm-hmm. the need to remove emotion from your decision making, the need to see things clearly and without all these other factors. The fact that Jalen Carter went to Georgia—that's—that shouldn't matter to shouldn't. the Atlanta Falcons. Shouldn't matter at all. I, I understand. I understand the history of this, and I understand why it does, and I understand why they're hearing that voice in their ear. But if they're going to be true to what they say their decision-making process is, they're not going to be thinking about that one way or the other.
1: The good news for me is I just get to second guess whatever they do. <laughs> I'm not I'm not held responsible if they get it right or wrong. Uh, Josh does, like I said, a phenomenal job. Check him out. Uh, At The Athletic and uh, on social media, on Twitter is a great follow. Josh Kendall there does a a phenomenal job. Josh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for uh, the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, the best of the rest. Who are the best free agents on the board for the Falcons who still have money to spend? And what can we look for as far as pass rushers at number eight? We'll get front office Lowe's opinion on that next. (laughs) Folks, let me remind you we're brought to you by Atlanta Sports Trips. Atlanta Sports Trips is Atlanta's first all-inclusive sports travel service with the goal of sending you to see your favorite teams, be it the Georgia Bulldogs, Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Jackets, Atlanta United on the road to see them play, but do it in style. Four and five-star resort accommodations, great game tickets, very cool meet and greets, tailgates, wonderful experiences all wrapped into one, and we have our next trip planned to see the Bravos in spring training. Yes, we'll be in Clearwater Beach because we wanted to combine a great beach vacation with a chance to watch spring training we've done that with three days march 10th 11th and 12th at the Wyndham grand clearwater beach where you're going to have your toes in the sand a beautiful four-star resort and we're going to take you to see the bravos and the pirates in bradenton on that sunday the 12th you're going to get transfers from the hotel to the ballpark and back with a couple of very cool experiences along the way If you would like to join us, you can go to atlsportstrips.com to book. Very limited room availability. It will sell out, and we want you aboard. Go to atlsportstrips.com for more today.
0: Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it. But that somebody doesn't have to be you. At the Rhodes Group, we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes. Visit us online today at Rhodes Dash group.com.
1: All right, Los, we got a lot of ground to cover. I know you're starting to count down to the draft with your big board. We're going to talk about the edge rush position, which I know a lot of Falcon fans care about. We'll do that here in a couple of moments. Uh, Falcons added another couple of pieces over the weekend, including a wide receiver and Mac Hollins. So let's look at the rest of the board. And by my math, Los, after the Hollins deal, I think the Falcons still have twenty-three or twenty-four million left. And if we all account for about five, they'll save for the draft and maybe four or five for emergency purposes, they still have some money to spend.
2: Yeah, sure do, Matt. Plan on that uh, that five to seven, because they do have a top ten pick, so it's a little bit more than usual. But that's that's typically a pretty good number, right around $20 million to spend. And if they want to have something in reserve, uh, especially if you want to try and line out any uh, future contracts with anybody, anybody who deserves an extension during the season, you can do that. Uh, as far as the uh, the... The, uh, the best girl left at the ball as far as the pass rushers, that's still Ngakwe. Uh, he's still out there. We are talking about a player at 28 years old, nine and a half sacks last year. The, the, what's interesting is now that we get into week three of NFL free agency, you realize the prices are starting to come down. And now we're seeing a lot of players signing one-year deals to get the foot in the door to see what they can do next year in free agency. That's somebody that's out there. We brought up Jadavion Clowney. That's a 30-year-old player, but, again, not going to be the crazy amount of money. Then there's just the random guys if you're looking for something. Leonard Floyd is still out there at 31 years old. There's a, there's even a Connor McGovern, which I, I kind of have an interest of him as an interior line player, a guy who's played guard and center. He played last year with the Jets. He's just 30 years old. If you're something for uh, looking for somebody on the interior offensive line, uh, he's somebody that can help you. And So there's a handful of those guys out there that you can still take an interest in as of right now.
1: So I think the price tag part of this becomes fascinating. Fascinating, and I'll I'll give you two examples. I really thought C.J. Gardner Johnson was going to draw a bigger number, and it turned out he got a one-year, eight million-dollar deal from Detroit. I thought a Matt Collins on the open market after a really good year would have garnered double what the Falcons gave him. So patience pays off. And you just mentioned some of the names. I'm still not crossing off Justin Houston, who had nine and a half sacks a year ago. Leonard Floyd, I think, makes a lot of sense. You mentioned Yannick Ngakwe there's a chance the Falcons end up signing one of those guys on a show me for a lot, and I'll use the word, cheaper than we would have expected.
2: We saw something similar last year with Rashawn Evans, a player who was still a young player. Here's a one-year deal. Let's see what you got. Uh, And and that, you know, I think that kind of paid off for the Falcons. You saw something you might consider bringing him back at another time. But there's other players that are like that, like Ashawn Robinson, 28 years old. He's played with the Rams. He's been a force inside with the run. If you're looking to reinforce this defensive line, those are the kind of guys that are out there probably on one-year deals they can come in and give you a little bit of light.
1: The other part I know for Falcon fans, even after the Mac Collins signing is, is there another wide receiver out there? Um, DJ Chark at last report still is not inked. Am I correct? So that's one of those free agents that maybe is the best uh, remaining on the board. And I, I say best because we don't know what Odell Beckham really wants or his health scenario. I wonder if Chark is one of those guys that that people are still digging into.
2: Chark is one that we have brought up a number of different times. I know a lot of people would bring it up, you know, Miko Hardman. I I think that at this point, because we've now seen what the MO of the front office is, it's going to be size. Now, may that change where they have one guy that they use as their their burner who's a little bit smaller? Maybe. But if you are talking about, I'm looking for size, that's where DJ Chark uh, fits with what they've been doing. That's a 6'4", 205-pound receiver there. Well,
1: you mentioned the size, right? That's clearly I mean even last season the Falcons didn't keep uh, any of the surplus guys that they had but they all fit the model and when you have Desmond Ritter who had concerns about accuracy coming out of college give me catch radius give me six three six four six five and even to some extent what they just did with Matt Collins fits that
2: yeah, everything fits the, uh, the, the the look of what they want. And I think what it comes down to is uh, when you talk about the Tennessee Titans, when they were at their very best, they were just big. They're, they're big up front defensively. They're big up front offensively. They had drafted four uh, first-round linemen, and every single one of their players was big. And I think that's going to be the M.O. Obviously, they had the super jumbo running back. But, again, their receivers were big. Their tight ends could get down the field. They were big. That is what Atlanta is building as of right now offensively and, and hopefully as the, the draft progresses defensively as well.
1: Front office slows Carlos Medina is with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Okay, let's transition because the edge rush position in the draft, that might be the go-to if the Falcons stay at 8. And if whatever pipe dream of, da- of uh, Jalen Carter not being there, let's start with some of the names that might be there at 8 that you think could make sense for the Falcons.
2: Well, I will tell you this. Uh, good news and bad news. Um, one, uh, there are a lot of these guys. There's a lot of players that I think are going to end up running. I think as of now, I have 10 edge players in my top 50. That's a lot of edge depth. There's going to be a lot of edge players in this draft. There's going to be a lot of tight ends in this draft. Uh, uh, cornerbacks, wide receivers, you know, offensive tackles. That's that's pre- predominantly going to make up a whole lot of this stuff. You just going to have a very limited amount of running backs uh, and very little amount of interior offensive linemen. But I will say this. Outside of Will Anderson Jr., I wouldn't take any one of these guys at eighth overall. Wow. That's where I. That's the first thing I would point out. And Will Anderson, you know, obviously he's probably a top three, top floor uh, player in this draft. The problem that I'm running into is each one of them has a little something that it ate. I don't care for. For instance, uh, I think we all love Nolan Smith. We all love Nolan Smith's game. I made a comparison to him last week when I compared him to Vic Beasley, and yeah, people freak out. Here's the reason why: Nolan Smith is weighing in at 238 pounds. All right. Yeah, now he's a four-three guy. Okay, so he's incredibly fast. We all know that he has a lot more heart than Vic Beasley. But 238 pounds, you can't play on the edge of the defense on a regular basis. You're more of a specialty piece. Another guy that gets talked about, Tyree Wilson, the big defensive end from Texas Tech. We're talking six-six, 271 pounds. I, the first thing I wrote about, does not have an explosive first snap, uh, first step on the snap of the football. That bothers me. If I'm going at 8, one person you might be able to convince me of, and it might if, if you're in a trade-down scenario, Miles Murphy from Clemson, he's got the prerequisite size, six uh, 6'5 and 268. He does play with his hair on fire. He does have the explosive first step. Uh, I, I still got to go through some, of the, uh, some more of his tape. I was planning on doing a little bit more tonight. But when you start talking about some of these guys at 8 – Matt, I feel a lot better about some of the corners out there. I feel a lot better about offensive tackles. I'm not sure, outside of Will Anderson, that there is a pass rusher that should be there at
1: eight. What do you think about the Iowa kid that all of a sudden is starting to get a lot of attention? It seems like the steam, as they like to call it here, a little more than six weeks away from the draft, is picking up.
2: Lucas Von Ness has the stuff you're looking for. We're talking 6'5, 272 is what he weighed in at the combine. Uh, went and ran a, a silly 4'5'8 for his size. The only thing I'm going to point out, and this is not a knock on him, this is the fact that he redshirted and then he played two years at Iowa. He's yet to made a, make a start in college. Okay, That's, It makes it fun when you say, hey, I drafted a guy eighth overall, never had a start in college. Um, he has been like a stand-up uh, edge rusher. He has played both sides. He's shown the ability. This is a guy that even as a second-team guy was racking up numbers for that team. Again, all Big Ten but was never a starter. So he's athletic he's a player i just don't know if i want to do that at eight in terms of the fact that he's not a i would say this he's not the greatest athlete off the snap he's a little bit heavy-footed the change of direction quarterbacks are going to be able to run away from him but if you're just talking about putting somebody in there that's probably straight ahead and go get quarterbacks if they if they're statues he can get to them
1: so i think the fascinating part of the way the top end of the draft is going to play we all assume it's one of the quarterbacks and most people think stroud one to carolina and then bryce young two to houston the question is, does anybody trade up to three if they have a hankering for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? And then whoever's left of that duo of Levis and Richardson, we could have four of these quarterbacks off the board in the top four, five, or six. Then you're talking about Will Anderson. Now you're through five picks in the draft, and then it comes down to, you know, preference. I have the beholder of, of one of these offensive linemen. If somebody's willing, which is I can't believe what I'm saying this, take a chance on Jalen Carter, which is dumb. Yes, take a chance on Jalen Carter. And then one of these two corners, like all of a sudden the Falcons are gonna be on the board with a couple of different options of what they want to go fill.
2: Let me tell you the, the difference in where I think these the, the top end of the pass rushers versus the next grouping of pass rushers. Uh to me, Will Anderson, if somebody told you it's gonna take a second rounder or a third rounder, third rounder's probably no doubt about it. Second rounder, I'd really have to weigh it out. But if somebody said you can come up to five and take Will Anderson at five because the quarterbacks pull off the board rather than waiting till eight, Will Anderson's not going to make it till eight. But I would consider doing that because that next level of pass rushers really probably shouldn't come off the board until we get into the 12, 14, 16 range. I'll give you another player that I did like, but I'll, I'll tell you the problem here. So Will McDonald, the fourth uh just stud player okay like will mcdonald the fourth is a stud player who's been able to sack quarterbacks everywhere he's been explosive first snap uh he recorded 22 combined sacks in 2021 uh in 2020 that's that's the kind of player that he's been he plays for iowa state the problem is when you start looking at the tape it, it's really good then you realize wait a minute he's 239 pounds He's not going to play for you. He gets run over uh, in the run game, and so he's a specialty piece. That's what you end up getting as we get into the 20s and the 25s. So when anybody says, well, I'll trade down, I'll take a player, you're getting much lesser of a player than if you were to move up and take a Will Anderson.
1: Yeah, you hope what mitigates moving down and getting a little bit less of the player in the first round is what are you getting with it, right? Are you able to get a a second-round pick with it or something of value to move up, which is the same question as we finish up with Will Anderson. If you know... And everybody regards Will as clearly the best edge guy in this draft, and then there's a big drop. How much is the price tag to move up from 5 to 8? Not to say Will Anderson isn't it worth it, but at what price?
2: Well, and here's the, the good part, okay? It's not for a quarterback, because you get the quarterback premium. People hold it over your head. Uh, we have seen in the last several years, when it is a move up for a non-quarterback, you're typically not having your feet put to the fire in the same way. Because when it's a quarterback man you get the premium you get the first rounder next year you get everything else when it tends to be for a position player uh it has typically been a second round pick or a third round pick depending on what part of the round you're in i would imagine because it's will anderson it would probably end up having to be a second rounder if you wanted to move up from eight to, to four or five to draft a player like that
1: los is going to be an enormous asset for us as we close in on the draft we hit the second and third waves of free agency los always a pleasure my friend thank you
2: Take it easy, Matt. Welcome to Thanks,
1: everybody, so much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Thanks to our producer, Matt Lear, for his assistance with the program. He's the glue that keeps the operation running. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Atlanta.
0: Every day, big beats, hit streets, gangsters roaming, parties don't stop. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas,
2: there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words; it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com/john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So
0: Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position.
2: I don't understand.